In preparation for the potential boom in coronavirus infections, much of San Diego slowed down to a snail's pace. Thousands of workers telecommuted, and plans for how to mitigate the damage were revealed in Washington. With the announcement that San Diego Unified, and most San Diego schools, would send students home, the real social and economic impacts of this massive social change remain unknown. Today is Friday, the 13th. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your Coronavirus Update, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. First up, here's what happened today. Following a condemnation from the San Diego's Teachers Union, San Diego Unified announced that it would close schools next week in order to prevent the spread of the virus. They will remain closed until April 6th. Students will take their materials home and continue their studies remotely. San Diego Unified will provide meals at eight campuses until the school district reopens. Just afterward, many other districts followed, with reopenings tentatively planned for early April. Over concerns of internet access, Charter is providing broadband access for 60 days to homes with school-aged children. They also plan to offer public Wi-Fi hotspots. Scripps Green Hospital in Torrey Pines has opened up a tent where people can be tested for the virus. No walk-ins are currently accepted. You'll need doctor's orders. Cruise lines, which play a big role in San Diego's tourism industry, release new guidelines that prevent certain people from boarding. In particular, passengers 70 or older must provide documentation proving their health if they are to board cruises with Celebrity, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and Carnival. Other limits are placed on people who have been around a COVID-19 infection. The San Diego Food Bank announced it would distribute food during the pandemic, but it is running low on volunteers. The Food Bank feeds hundreds of thousands of people each month through 200 countywide food distributions and by supplying food to more than 500 nonprofits with hunger relief programs. San Diego MTS will be installing hand washing stations at trolley stops around the region. Also, cleaning crews will be cleaning the trolleys more frequently, focusing on trolley doors, door buttons, and station services. Public libraries have canceled all events and programming through the end of March, but they aren't closing down. The 36 libraries will continue providing essential services. Cal State San Marcos is moving ahead with commencement plans, but it might be moved to a later date. Farmers markets countywide are canceled until at least April. Group meetings for AA, NA, and other 12-step programs will continue amid the outbreak. A member of Covenant Living in Spring Valley has tested positive for the virus. Covenant Living did not identify the employee, but in a statement said that the individual was now quarantined at home. As an additional precautionary measure for the retirement community's residents and staff, all residents who are within six feet of the infected employee have been sent home for the next 14 days to self-isolate, according to a statement. San Diego Gas and Electric won't disconnect customers who fall behind on their bills, They haven't announced an end date. President Donald Trump has declared a national emergency over the coronavirus. Trump has been under mounting pressure from Democrats to make an emergency declaration in order to free more than $50 billion in federal money for states. The move will allow states to request a 75% federal cost share for expenses related to virus response and mitigation efforts, including emergency workers, medical tests, medical supplies, and vaccinations. And finally, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin reached a deal Friday on an economic stimulus package to address the coronavirus. It will provide paid sick leave for workers 
and pump billions of dollars to states for food programs and unemployment benefits. Brittany Myling, you're helping out with the coronavirus coverage of the Union Tribune. And you've been covering what's been going on in grocery stores because people are really worried right now. Can you describe what did you see today? Yes, actually, it, it started a couple, several days ago. Um, I noticed that in, in my local Vons that the lines were stretching from the front of the store all the way to the back of the store. With, and people just had their carts loaded with toilet paper, but also a lot of frozen and canned goods. Um, but the situation got a lot worse, apparently, Wednesday night after the president's address. Uh, when I talked to uh, Jimbo, the owner of the Jimbo's Naturally supermarket chain, he said that um, he, right after the address, he started to see a big uptick in customers kind of rushing into the store to stock up on things. And, and then all day today, especially after the announcements of the school closures, um, people have just been rushing to Costco and Ralph's, basically all the supermarket chains, and loading up on all the essentials. And what would you describe the mood like? Because we haven't really experienced anything like this as a culture. Yeah, I mean, it does feel kind of panicked. Um, more than anything, I was keeping my eyes on the workers at the stores, and they just looked they looked exhausted, very um, tired. And, you know, once you get to the front of the line, it's like no one is saying a word to you because they're so they're so run down um but yeah that you know i i wouldn't necessarily say people are you know pushing each other over to grab toilet paper or anything like that but there is kind of like a like a somber feeling in the grocery stores that i visited Mm -hmm, that makes sense and what have you heard about how grocery trains are making sure that they're fully staffed and also that their employees are safe well it's been it's been pretty difficult to get a hold of a lot of the large uh chains. I actually called, I think, over 20 different supermarket chains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a response from Walmart. And they said that um, they're doing everything they can in terms of sanitation. Um, just like all the other chains are doing the same thing. They're putting um, sanitizer stations out. They're giving all of their employees wipes to, you know, to wipe down their station. They're increasing their regular cleaning practices. Um, but all the other supermarket chains um, did not get back to me except for Jimbo. Um, he's having to take some pretty aggressive measures in terms of staffing. Um, he had he told all of his buyers to cancel all of their meetings because they're not interested in finding new products right now. Mm-hmm. They just need to like stock up on the essentials. And then all the people who do like food sampling, they're kind of they're shutting all that down and they're just focusing on stocking the shelves and managing the uh, checkout station. Yeah, it makes sense. In this kind of situation, you want to reduce any chance of transmission at all. And I guess, you know, you still have to run a store. So taking away kind of the extra stuff and focusing on just the essentials is kind of the right move. Right. And I guess uh, for you, is there anything that you stocked up on? (laughs) Uh, To be honest, I was one of those people just last week that was kind of um, rolling my eyes at the at the toilet paper rush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. But, you know, this morning I tried to get on Amazon Whole Foods delivery to get some items that I have run out of now, mm-hmm. including toilet paper. Ooh. And they, they were out. They're out of toilet paper. They were out of a lot of basics, like just like chicken and milk. And I, I had a very hard time finding even anything to buy. And after I loaded up my cart to check out, Normally, Whole Foods has delivery um, available within a couple of hours. They didn't have any delivery spots open until the end of tomorrow, and that wow. was first thing this morning. So a lot of people had the same idea I had. Brittany Myling, thank you so much. Thank you.
Lori Weisberg, you're part of the business team at the Union Tribune. You've been helping out with this coronavirus coverage. And you wrote a story about kind of the trials and tribulations of working at home. I guess for most people, what's the biggest complication? Well, uh, I, you know, first, first off, I think there's a lot of questions that arise about what your employer can and cannot require you to do. Now, not surprisingly, the employer, of course, does have the right to um, make you work from home if need be because their legal obligation is to provide their employees in general with a healthful work environment, a safe work environment. Um, and so the, the potential for exposing more people to the coronavirus could increase exponentially if you keep everybody working in offices. So that's why you're increasingly seeing employers large and small um, having to work from home. But complications arise. Um, well, the complications are biggest for people who can't work from home. But mm -hmm. in general, if you can work from home, um, it shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, what if you don't have the digital tools you need to uh, work remotely? Um, you can um, require your employer to provide those, those tools um, or, or make other accommodations. So that's one issue. The bigger issue, though, is what about workers who cannot work from home? And, and I'm sure there's a lot of um, service workers mm -hmm. who can't do that. Um, and, and as businesses maybe shutter or reduce working hours, they can't work from home. So in those cases, um, you can, if, if you have enough sick time, you can take sick time. Um, you may not want to. You may not want, want to take your vacation time, but if you want to get paid, um, that may be what you need to do because uh, the employer, under some circumstances, an employee may just be required to stay at home from work without pay, or the employer could be able to do the more generous thing and just choose to pay an employee um, under certain circumstances. Um, you may be seeing that with some of the theme parks that are closing, that, um, that some theme parks may not choose to pay some of their employees during that time. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly a hard decision, particularly for the tourism industry. It's like, you know, things are not going to be well, but how do you effectively kind of, you know, make a plan for that situation? One thing you're hearing about more and more as this coronavirus um, outbreak uh, continues is some effort to uh, legislate uh, paid sick leave for everybody nationally. Uh, one thing I should point out is that's not necessary in California. We already have legislation that requires paid sick leave. So um, that is not an issue in California. And is that true for hourly workers as well? Like yes. service workers? Okay. Yes. So as you've been doing this reporting, what would you say the kind of feel is out there from the perspective of the employers, how worried are they? The fact that so many employers are instituting these rules and these taking these, um, in some cases, unprecedented steps shows that they are worried, they are concerned. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they they find that they have no choice to do this. And I'm sure in a perfect world, they would rather not do this. Um, but there are, you know, they, they could also be facing liability under Cal OSHA laws and, and worker laws um, for not providing, as I pointed out, a, a safe workplace. Well, I'm told um, that, that the sphere of liability, legal and financial, is not what's guiding it. It, it is to some extent, um, but that, that's still an issue for these employers. 
And I guess at this point, is there anything else that they haven't mentioned yet that you think that workers need to know in these trying times to, you know, keep employment if they can? Well, one thing, um, we, you know, we just learned that, um, that they're going to close, you know, the schools are all closing. We're seeing county by county. We're seeing uh, more and more of that. And I think one of the questions for parents is how are they, how are their employers going to treat them? Because now all of a sudden they don't have childcare. This was not expected. You know, they, they, they don't need childcare for the time, for the hours their kids are in school. So the question has arisen, what rights do they have? And let me just point out that there's a particular section of the California labor law that entitles employees to take off up to 40 hours of work each year for school activities. And that includes the, for situations where the parent needs to address a child care provider or school emergency. And a school emergency includes a school closure. So this is this falls right under that. Should point out though, it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's paid leave. It, the, the law further states that um, the employee can use vacation, personal leave, or comp time off for purposes of this absence, but they may also utilize time off without pay for this purpose, and that's dependent on what the employer decides to do. And so we don't know, you know, is our employers going to be really generous or go beyond what the law requires, but at least we know that there is some um, legislative protection that they have for this time off that they're probably going to have to exercise with, you know, all the kids suddenly at home. All right. Lori Weisberg, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekday afternoons. Amid the pandemic, we have lifted the paywall on stories vital to public health. If you are not a subscriber, please consider joining so we can continue to keep you up to date on this unfolding crisis. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.